stared from beneath bushy grey eyebrows at the two weight recorders now walking along the jetty to its seaward extremity, where was erected the beam to take the scales and fish. Two women stood talking to a launchman on his craft, and several day visitors followed the weight recorders. Likely enough to have been a good day out there, Joe said, his voice deep and penetrating even in the open. I think this job will do for another nine months. He was a ponderous man, this Joseph Peach. His movements were sluggish and deliberate, until agility was demanded of him when the marlin was bucking like a cork on a mill race. The curious could not have discovered anyone in Bermagui who had ever seen Joe wearing either a hat or boots. Memory would have had to been placed on the rack to recall having seen Joe freshly shaven. The half-inch stubble of greyish beard seemed permanently halted in growth. But to balance this oddity, his complexion defied the tanning effects of sun and wind, which was more than could be said of his dungaree trousers, and the woollen pullover that betrayed many harsh washings. His small grey eyes were at the moment calm from mental contentment, and the strong and stubby fingers went downward to draw from the leather belt about his vast waist one of the two wooden pipes invariably carried there. Slowly he said, the do-me might go on the market if Mr. Erickson buys land here and builds himself a house and buys himself a launch for Bill Spinks to run for him year in and year out. Brown eyes surveyed Joe quizzingly. Brown eyes set in an alert brown face. Jack Wilton was young and strong and lithe, of average height and as clean as the sea, which was as much part of his existence as the air. Joe became a little truculent. Well, if it turns out, as you say, Marion Spinks says so, Bill Spinks won't have no more use for the do-me. Perhaps not, Joe. Supposing Marion's right. Supposing Erickson does buy that land and builds a home on it. Supposing he does buy himself a good launch and hires Bill permanently to run it for him. Supposing Ma Spinks and Marion moves out of their house and goes to live with Erickson, Ma to cook and Marion to housemaid. And supposing that Bill does think he won't have use for the do-me and decides to sell her. What makes you think you'll do better as her owner than you're doing as my mate? The clear brown eyes had become stern, and the old grey eyes shifted their gaze back again to the jetty. Might, Joe answered. You wouldn't, Wilton assured him earnestly. Running a fishing launch is the same as running a farm or a business. You've got to put back into her a lot of what you take out of her. You're too easy going, Joe. You'd take all out of the do-me and put nothing into her as repairs and overhaul. You wouldn't escape worrying, Joe. As my mate, you don't have to do any worrying at all, and you don't have to put back into the marlin anything of the quarter share you take out of her. Besides, Joe, we've been mates for a long time. Grey eyes determinedly gazed at the jetty. A grunt was born deep in the massive chest beneath the blue pullover. Quite abruptly, the grey eyes moved their gaze to cross swords with the brown eyes, blinked, and then as abruptly shifted back again to the jetty. Ah, well, reckon you're right. About us being mates for a long time and about me being too easy to make money like an owner. Joe agreed, still truculent. Anyhow, where'd you be if I did have a launch of my own? Lost. That's where you'd be. All you know about this coast and the fish swimming off it is what I've taught you, you young, jumped-up jackanapes. 
Agreed, Mr. Noel. What's that? Wilton laughed, white teeth flashing in the amber of his face, and Joe snorted and mumbled something like, Noel? Me? Too right I know all as to know about this coast and the ruddy sea. Then more distinctly he added, Well, do we stay here till the tide's high, or do we go home for some tucker? Home and tucker it is, mate of mine. Mate of mine, Joe echoed witheringly. You're going to the pictures too much, that's what you're doing. There's a gladius first home. Into their view slid a roomy launch, its white hull and brown-painted shelter structure protecting the wheel and the cabin entrance. The owner was steering, and in the cockpit two anglers were dismantling their gear. Joe and Wilton stepped into their dinghy, and Joe rowed round the stern of the gladius as she drew alongside the head of the jetty to permit her catch to be weighed, and pulled in alongside an ancient tub which provided a step upward to the jetty.